0: Psalm 46, for the director of music of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, The God of Jacob is our fortress.
1: Great. Thank you, Mark. Um, So i just pray and ask God to help us as we look at his word together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow in your holy and mighty presence. And our prayer is that your word might be our rule, but your spirit, that he might be our teacher, and that your honour and your glory alone might be our supreme concern. For Jesus' sake we ask. Amen. So the title of my talk is A Secure Citizenship. A Secure Citizenship. Uh, Psalm 46 is a great poem to reflect upon in troubled days like the ones we find ourselves living through in 2020. Uh, It begins in verse 1 God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble the great battle hymn of the 16th century reformation written by the, the church reformer and preacher martin luther was entitled a mighty fortress is our god it was based on this poem luther's favorite psalm psalm 46. in both verse 7 and verse 1 we read these words the lord almighty is with us the god of jacob is our fortress Apparently, during difficult periods in the Reformation, Luther would turn to a certain trusted friend and exclaim, let's sing the 46th Psalm and let the devil do his worst. Psalm 46 is both memorable and much loved, perhaps because it is so very moving and evocative in its eloquence. So, for example, verse 2, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Verse 8, come and see what the Lord has done, the desolation he has brought on the earth. Verse 10, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. In composing this song the writer, one of the sons of Korah, whom we know relatively little about, is comparing and contrasting the great insecurity of earthly cities to the wonderful security of the one heavenly city. So let's start by looking at the great insecurity of our earthly cities. The great insecurities of our earthly cities. And by the way, uh, more people than ever before live in cities. Uh, in 2020. Uh, I'm not sure uh, that verses two and three are actually about earthquakes rather I think the writer is using this very graphic poetic language to describe the most catastrophic thing that could happen to people when this poem was first written and what was that? Well I think it would have been the taking of their city by an invading army and these would have been times of tremendous upheaval as if the earth were giving away beneath you and the mountain that is your world was literally falling into the sea if you've ever seen the movie troy starring brad pitt and eric banner you get a sense of the horror of the sacking of a city what is interesting is that in Our 21st century, unlike back when this psalm was first written, we literally have bombs, missiles, and other weapons of warfare that could actually literally do what is being described in verses two and three of this psalm. In early Old Testament times, villages were small places of abode uh, without a surrounding wall. And most cities came to be walled for protection against enemies. So often when the Bible says that a certain person built a city, what is meant is not that a new site was located and new buildings erected, but rather that an already inhabited site had a wall built around it with fortified areas in that wall. The latter would have been areas where it was built higher and stronger so that the approach of an invading army could be thwarted, could be repelled. The point is, cities could be besieged and taken as one kingdom or nation went to war against another. So verse 6, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. Come and see, verse 8, what the Lord has done, the desolation he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Of course, these conflicts were all within the sovereign control of the Lord Almighty himself. He allowed them to begin and he caused them to cease. The significance of verse four is this. If a city had a good water supply, or better still, a healthy river running through it, it was much harder to invade or besiege. Ancient cities needed water close at hand, especially during a siege. Jerusalem, by the way, was one of the few ancient cities not built on a river. But thanks to a tunnel built by a king named Hezekiah, it had a good water supply. So in 2 Kings 25, the king of Babylon camped outside the city building siege works all around it. But it took about two years and a famine before the Babylonians could break through the wall and finally take the city. And of course, these were very unpleasant and tumultuous times. Shameful, unspeakable atrocities would take place, women and young girls raped, pregnant women ripped open, babies dashed against rocks, the men of the city murdered in broad daylight while buildings were pillaged and set on fire. But of course our modern cities are no less vulnerable, are they? We don't need walls around our cities, no, because well, with laser guided missiles, creeping moral corruption, political unrest, social injustice and decay, and silent killer viruses that prey on the most vulnerable, a wall is of little use except perhaps as a museum piece, like the old London wall near the Barbican Centre here in London. Or think of it like this when war economic downturns, political upheavals or natural disasters, ravage a city or a country, in his wisdom, God does not preserve Christian believers from their effects. He does not allow cancer to strike only those who have rejected him. No, trouble does and will strike the godly as well as the ungodly, the believer as well as the unbeliever, the person who is a Christian as well as the person who would not claim to be a Christian. So the question is, when trouble does strike, do you want to face it with God as your refuge and strength, or will you look for help elsewhere? But can you? Will you find refuge, security and safety anywhere else? Whatever your answer, my point is that our earthly cities are insecure. They are more vulnerable than we dare believe if nothing else the current pandemic which is far from over despite the good news of a potential vaccine has taught us that the cities where we live out our lives in 2020 are fragile vulnerable weak insecure places in the wake of the death of george floyd earlier this year there, there have been protests in cities all across one of the wealthiest democracies on our planet Cities in America in recent months have experienced the most widespread racial turbulence and civil unrest since the days of Dr. Martin Luther King back in the 70s. President Trump at one point was forced to take immediate presidential actions, I quote, to stop the violence and restore security and safety in America, unquote. We fool ourselves if we think cities here in the UK are any less vulnerable. There's no getting away from the great insecurities of our earthly cities. And some of us may have first-hand experience of that as we sit listening this afternoon. But that brings me back uh, to verse 4 again of our psalm, Psalm 46. And secondly, the great security of the one heavenly city. The great security of the one heavenly city. The true home of refuge seekers in God. Verse four again, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwell. God is within her, she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Reminiscent of the garden of Eden in Genesis chapter two, the heavenly city of God has a river running through it. This represents the life-giving water that flows from God Almighty himself, that is his life-giving power, or the Holy Spirit who breathes life into all things. This city is God's temple. So any invading army foolish enough to come against it at break of day, verse 5, will find God within protecting her, keeping her safe such that she will not and cannot fall. She can never be destroyed. Although I have no memory of living there I was born in Birmingham here in England I've lived in Jamaica and in South Africa but I've spent most of my life living as a citizen of this great city of London. Yet since finding refuge in the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ I have possessed dual citizenship In fact, according to the New Testament, my real citizenship, my real home is in the city that is above and not this insecure earthly one below. The Apostle Paul wanted the Christians he wrote to in the Roman colony of Philippi to understand that they were citizens of heaven first and citizens of Rome second. And this fact was to shape their conduct and lives here and now. So he wrote this to them. Philippians 3 verse 18, I have often told you even with tears many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their mind is set on earthly things. Verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you come from another part of the world and you want to become a UK citizen so you can live here in London, you have to be over 18 you cannot be guilty of a serious crime. You need to be of good sound character. You have to be currently living in the UK. You have to be able to speak English to a certain level and you have to pass the life in the UK exam. Essentially, you have to earn your earthly citizenship. But if by the kindness of God, you have found refuge by trusting in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross by dying in your place, you've already become a fully signed up citizen of the heavenly city above. What I mean is here and now, the benefits of your earthly citizenship, being able to vote, access to NHS treatment, free primary and secondary school education, owning your own home, etc. All these things and more can be swept away destroyed by an economic disaster, by war, by disease, or death itself. But nothing, nothing in all creation can take away your heavenly citizenship and its benefits. Uh, What are some of these benefits? Well in a sermon entitled Christian Happiness, the 18th century American preacher Jonathan Edwards said that there are three reasons why any true Christian can be completely content and free from worry. First, your bad things will turn out for good. In other words, the outward circumstances of this life are very often hard. But according to Romans 8.28, God will walk with you through it all so that even the bad things will have good effect in your heart and in your life and ultimately in your future. Secondly, your good Your good things cannot be taken away from you. Your good things cannot be taken away from you. What good things? Well, a Christian can stand guiltless and with a clear conscience in God's presence because all their sins, past, present and future, have been washed clean or forgiven by the blood of Jesus. So a Christian is loved with a passionate and transcendent love by the creator of all things. A Christian is adopted into the family of the most high God who rules and governs this entire universe, such that he or she becomes a fully legitimate child of God. A Christian has the eternal son of God, Jesus, who made the world and who shed his blood, his precious blood in their stead, now interceding on their behalf before the throne of God's grace, while happy to call you his brother or sister you are declared right with God that is justified and set apart for God that is sanctified and you have God the Holy Spirit living inside you guiding leading and helping you until the day you are fully glorified in him none of these things and more besides can ever be taken away from you so your bad things will turn out for good your good things cannot be taken away from you and yet thirdly the best things are yet to come. The best things are yet to come. To quote Edwards again, the most most artful composition of words would be, but to darken and cloud it. To talk of raptures and ecstasies, joy and singing is but to set forth by very low shadows of the reality. In other words, Edwards was saying, words can never do justice to the good things yet to come for the Christian man or woman. One day you and I are going to be transformed into beings so radiant, so utterly glorious, that if we didn't know better, we would be sorely tempted to worship one another. And we will live with the Lord forever in a new heaven and a new earth. The best is yet to come. Such will be the great security of our heavenly city, our new and everlasting home. But of course, this will only be so if we have put our trust in the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in Jesus Christ himself, having turned from all our wrongdoing and towards him for cleansing and forgiveness. Only then... In the midst of life's turmoils and difficulties, will you or I be able to, verse 10, be still and know that God is indeed God? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes as I pray for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this pandemic has engulfed many of the major cities of our world, the many who have died in the UK and elsewhere as a result, the economic and social problems this has caused, the stress and frustration of lockdown, the the racial unrest in American cities in the wake of George Floyd, the tensions between China and Hong Kong and the other conflict areas of our world, all these things and more speak to the obvious insecurities of our earthly cities. Thank you that in the gospel, in the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ, we have the hope of a better city, a better world, and a better home to come. Help us to trust in Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, so that we might truly know you to be our refuge and strength. Such that our present, our present hope, despite the chaos and confusion of the world all around us, help us to know that you are God. And we pray these things for Jesus' sake and in his name. Amen.